So I'm delighted this morning to be with Daryl, who's the real expert here. Uh, Daryl, who's come from uh, Shawbrook, formerly Barclays, in, in the sense of a graduate scheme at Barclays. So you're uh, you're breaking up there, Brendan. Is it a very poor connection, Daryl? I sort of miss every every other word. I because I'm using Wi-Fi from home. I can I can tether my phone, but is it is it really poor connection? Okay, now actually. Otherwise, I can move room as well. So, um, so Daryl, let, let me know if it cuts out again. Otherwise, I move room or tap my phone. Those are the two options I've got. Because normally, I use my cloud working space, but uh, um, not cloud working, um, co-working space. So Daryl's from Lendwell. Um, as I say, formerly worked at Shawbrook in a senior position and uh, for more or less from the beginning of Shawbrook. Do you want to explain a little bit about your background in case anyone who's on this call doesn't know you, Daryl? Yeah, so I've been doing um, specialist property finance for about 10 years. So I joined Barclays out of university. Hi, Claudia. <laughs> I, uh, I worked with a portfolio of customers um, there, so I kind of had a bit of experience lending money at a very, very big bank. Um, then I joined Shawbrook in uh, 2015 and at the point Shawbrook was kind of just at, on its kind of upward kind of growth curve um, so got some experience at a smaller uh, challenger bank, very specialist in property, had a great time there, learnt lots of stuff, spent the last couple of years as head of products and markets so looking at which bits of the property market we should go into or broaden our appetite in and kind of that, that balance of uh, pricing versus risk. And then last year I joined Lendwell um, and Lendwell was set up by a few of my colleagues that I worked with at Shawbrook, including Stephen Johnson, who was part of the team that set the bank up originally, Karen Bennett, who was the managing director of the property division at Shawbrook, um, and a few other great colleagues that we had uh, down the years. And the idea with Lendwell was, was to be a kind of a smaller, uh, more flexible, more personal-based um, approach to lending. And we started out by funding refurbishment and small development loans and bridging loans um, towards the end of last year, which brings us to, to where we are now. So, Daryl, lot, lots of changes um, since Friday. Lots of changes, in, in fact, in the last two weeks. So, look, we were discussing beforehand, you still are in a buoyant mood, which is great to see. You're talking about less competition in the market. Um, so it's really very much the professional market who is still there, is still active. Do you yeah. just want to expand on that point of less competition? Yes, I think I was, I was mainly kind of thinking that from, from an investor's perspective. So we are at the start of this crisis. We're still very early days in kind of seeing how it will, how it will play out. But specifically in the lending markets, um, most lenders are continuing to, to lend and continuing to lend on broadly similar terms as to what they were before the crisis started. So what we're seeing is there is uh, some of the institutional funded um, kind of bridging development lenders, we're seeing some reductions in loan to values. I think we'll see some of those lenders potentially exit the market if they've not been prudent with their risk assessment on deals they've done over the last couple of years. Um, and then in the bank space, the banks continue to lend, there continues to be good buy to let and commercial investment mortgage availability, albeit I think pricing may uh, start to creep up a little bit as uh, they adjust their assumptions around arrears and bad debt moving forward. So I think in the lending space for us as a new kind of startup lender, potentially some of our competition that 
we're taking risks that we might have felt were, were too heavy or not proportionate to their pricing may find it a more challenging environment as we kind of come out of the back end of this crisis. But then I also think on the investor side, if you've prepared well and you've planned to kind of weather the storm over the next few months, there will be some great opportunities to buy property. There will be less competition. There will be less people able to buy. There will be less people willing to buy. So assuming that you can get to properties, view properties and find them, I think that um, now could be quite a good buying time or over the coming months anyway. So in terms of buying, where do you see the opportunities? Uh, because, you know, there's lots of question marks. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've spent long enough with you to know you're not the biggest fan. Maybe I'm a bit harsh of SA service accommodation or you do raise question marks on SA. So um, you're probably not going to say SA, although some people are still saying SA, to be fair. So wh where do you see the real opportunities? Is it vanilla properties or what, what do you see it being? Yeah, so just on the on the SA point, I wouldn't say that I'm not a fan of SA. I would say I'm not a, f a fan of some of the way that SA is marketed and kind of sold within the community. So for me, the most appropriate, the, the most similar thing to an SA is not a buy-to-let property, it's a hotel or a B&B. So if you go in eyes open and you're happy and you want to run a hospitality business, SA can work great. But if you think it's a way of just increasing yield on a buy-to-let investment style business, it's not. There's a lot more involved. I think the other challenge with SA that hasn't changed with what's gone is just around the fact that have you got planning permission for it? There's a massive grey area. If you're in London, you can only let it out for 90 days. Massive grey area. Um, we've still got um, things like insurance not always done correctly. You need specific insurance for SA, holiday let insurance. If you don't get that and you have landlord's insurance and one of your guests sets fire to the kitchen, you're not going to be covered. So there's a significant risk there. And on flats and any leasehold property, you need freeholder consent. Freeholders are unlikely to give you that consent because there's not really an incentive to them. So again, potentially you could end up with a freeholder saying, I've had a complaint about noise in one of the adjacent flats, so I need you to stop on an SA basis, which means you then can't continue that, that business model and have to revert to buy to let. So SA for me is a complicated area to go into. There are opportunities there, but you have to go in eyes open with all of the risks and all of the operational requirements of successfully running um, an SA property. And right now, I wouldn't say it's going to be the hot sector over the next few months because travel and movement is restricted. But as we come out of the back of this, and actually my prediction will be that the UK economy domestically will start to recover before we see international travel come back in. So what I mean by that is I, I can see travel restrictions internationally remaining in place for significantly longer than travel restrictions remaining in place in the UK itself. If that plays out, there could well be a good opportunity for SA because that may mean people, instead of going abroad for holidays, stay in the UK, do staycations, this kind of stuff. So mm. notwithstanding the challenges of SA, there may well be opportunities in it. But I think the biggest opportunities will be all the normal stuff you normally do in the residential space. So ultimately, people still need places to live. And if anything, this crisis, which is kind of restricting us to our home, is reminding us of that more than ever. So there will still be a demand for buy-to-let investment property. There will still be a demand for refurbishment deals where you can add value. There'll still be a demand for, for HMO conversions. I've heard a couple of people say they're worried about HMOs at the moment because obviously it's social living. 
and the policy of the government at the moment, quite rightly, is social distancing. But again, th these things will, will move through and there will still be a need for people to be social and to live together when social distancing comes to an end. A lot of tenants in HMOs are, are younger, so you might find that they are less worried, although they need to be extremely careful of what they do that might transmit the virus around to more vulnerable people themselves, probably less anxious than people in the vulnerable groups. Um, and there will still be development opportunities. Talking to a client last week, if you're just about to start a development deal or sign up a site or a property that you're going to develop, now's not a bad time. So there may well be disruption with builders. There may well be um, some movements on where GDVs land. But if you can say... Isn't that the main question about GDVs, though? But there's lots of questions about suppliers as well. Um, it's interesting. So there's a much longer in-depth interview Daryl goes through with uh, Rod Turner on the broadcast. I think they mentioned security as well being more important than it has been yeah. in the past. And when we talk about financial, it's not financial security from my understanding, Rod. It's uh, right. physical security. Sorry, Daryl, just to butt in there. No, they're all valid points. So the point that Rod was making on the broadcast, which he's quite rightly or Adam might have made it, was that if your builders walk off site for a couple of weeks because there's a stricter lockdown or because um, they're sick, then you're going to have lots of building materials left on site. The other thing that the guys were doing is they were actually buying their supplies earlier in the process. They were almost stockpiling what they needed to, to get the project to the end. So you're going to have potentially a lot more value in terms of building materials sitting on site. So they were talking about physical security, which is a valid point. Um, so Daryl, I don't know if you've seen that. We will come back to, to you. Um, I just want to get Claudia's point over. Um, Claudia asked, does anyone know if a curfew will still allow builders to work on site? So do you want to elaborate on that? I think the answer is we, we don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see what the, what the government announces. Um, obviously, if it follows the model of Italy and Spain, I'm pretty sure they're not working on site because you're not allowed out unless you're going to get food or, or medicine supplies or something. And clearly building is something else. Um, so we don't know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I would be hopeful that if that does happen over here, that it's only for a short period of time. So again, you, uh, maybe this is for a developer to answer. Do you think building costs may go up? Because I'm just thinking outside of the box, builders may not be well to work on. So with that less supply, do you think that could increase the cost or maybe negligible because less people developing as well? Yeah, it's a really, really interesting point that it, the market will self-correct to an extent, I think, over the next few months, because you're right, there will be less demand. There will be lots and lots of developers up and down the country who choose not to do a project in this space of time when otherwise they, they would have. Um, so we don't really know what that supply-demand imbalance is going to look like. Clearly, if you need anything that's imported, I'd be extremely mindful of where that's coming from. Although anecdotally, one of our business partners is a, a, a large brick company. So there's one in four bricks um, in the UK pretty much. Now those guys do import um, certain, a minority, but still a significant minority of bricks from Italy. And so far their supply lines are still running and obviously Italy is one of the worst affected countries. So it, supply, doesn't, supply of goods doesn't seem to be an issue yet, but I guess the longer this goes on, the more of a risk that will come. 
Daryl, so SA may not be the best opportunity, and we're not giving financial advice here, but where do you see the best opportunities? So for me, it's buying well on traditional residential stock, whether that is to develop it or to hold it as an investment. That that seems like the safe bet to me at the minute. Um, you're going to have what what sort of inflates prices in that market more than anything is competition. So there, and most of that competition is not investors, it's owner occupiers. So I think there's going to be less people looking to move, a lot less people looking to move. Therefore, there'll be less buyers. Therefore, we should be able to achieve some pretty attractive prices. And I think as the economy starts to recover and we come at the back end of this crisis, that part of the market will recover first. And the reason it will recover first is because there still is ultimately a supply demand imbalance around the amount of people who need homes to live in versus the amount of homes that we, we build. Arguably over the long term, this crisis will make that, that imbalance even greater. And it will mean there's even more of a mismatch between um, places for people to live and places that are currently being built. So I still think, I think residential feels like a safe bet to me. Now, I just want to share the screen to everyone. I haven't done this before because uh, I did a PowerPoint presentation of where I'm going this week in terms of interviews. It may or may not work. So just bear with me one moment. So let me just, uh, who can start sharing? Who can share? Okay, let me just see if it does come up. Uh, my, I just want to get to there. Let me just see if it if it comes up on screen. Okay, I think you can see that. So look, it, it talks about chance and change, and um, I think it's fascinating that you you talk about HMO model, and, and maybe it's time for me to bring someone on that particular sect into one of my online events um look i wasn't planning for this by by any stretch so i haven't got a perfect formula in terms of events it's just feedback from the likes of sam norris who i spent a lot of time so this every week for the moment i'm going to do a one hour 60 minutes session in fact this coming thursday is actually 90 minutes even though i've tried to deliberately not make it 90 minutes more regular um, 10 to 30 minutes so uh, some of the people I'll be interviewing as I say Sam Norris from Bond Finance I, I have asked Sam to have Callum uh, Brooks online as well because I don't know what the effect of the coronavirus in all of us to be fair is going to be so you know have to be realistic Monday the 30th of March I'm delighted that Daryl's confirmed I haven't got the time yet because I want to confirm it with other panelists we did a session last friday which was phenomenal it was one hour long i think there was over 20 people on that call maybe more and it's looking at where do, do we go in social where do we go in commercial property right now as i say i still am running my event this coming thursday obviously it's for, it's a virtual event um starting a little bit late at 7 p.m um and just to give you a flavor some of my sponsors will be participating particularly ronald fletcher baker delighted david burns really um Ramdashan will be attending the virtual event i'll be bringing them in with the help of aaron yahara uh, other sponsors include uh connection aura homes and crowd with us look just a quick who, who attends my meets normally investors tradition it was landlords i would say you know 10 years ago it was less the developer side uh, property professionals as well what 
I had planned to be working on much more. So this, you know, after the commercial summit was the development expo, which I will do, um, but it's it's wait and see. So let me just take those slides off and let's go back to the main screen. I'm not sure we can go back to the main screen. So just bear with me one moment. Uh, da, da, da. Your screen is paused. Um, I think I think I've got everything there working still. It's on a slightly different picture, possibly. Am I? Uh, I think it's still got yourself on picture. That's fine, Daryl. Um, so, uh, in, in terms of uh, final comments from yourself, Daryl, and, and delighted we're going to have you back again on Thursday evening uh, this coming week at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Central London Property Network, although I'm dropping the title Central London Property Network a little bit because for me, having a call means it's not just Central London or London, it's worldwide, but obviously it's more relevant to UK um, and people particularly in England. I don't think you're planning to land in Scotland or, or not, not that I know of, no. Right. Um, no. So Daryl, um, final words from you, because I don't want to take too much airtime. Yeah, I just think, you know, my kind of overwhelming sort of feeling and message at the moment is to sort of that this this looks like it will be a a short-ish challenge, but will go on for at least a few months. So that means that the sort of the impacts will probably quite be quite deep, but then the recovery will, should be quite quickly, hopefully, when we're all allowed to kind of back out the house to get back in the pubs, restaurants, etc., and start getting back to something that looks like normality. So my overwhelming priority at the moment is just to make the most of the time we've got. So, you know, if we're at home, there's an awful lot that we can do remotely, like these meetings, like these conferences. But also, I'm just keen to speak to anyone who's in the sector, who's interested in property, who's looking to grow their business, or looking to kind of uh, manage any concerns or anxieties they might have about a particular deal or a particular project, whatever it might be, for the next few months. So. I'm here, the phone's on, the email's on, anyone wants to talk, um, just reach out, happy to speak. So is there any final questions from the panel? No? Let me just unmute you because I've lost a chat box by doing the screen share. Uh, let me just see if I can, uh, if the, some of you, I don't think there's any questions. If there is, just put your hand up. Uh, I just want to say, look, a massive thanks for Daryl this morning taking time out. Um, I, I'm open to suggestions of who you would like to hear from as well. So, you know, feel free to let me know. And um, as I say, massive thanks, Daryl. So um, for the moment, let's catch up on Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, 7 p.m. As I say, coming up tomorrow, afternoon i've got uh, sam norris from bond finance in fact i've got a number of uh let me just see if i can pin myself in the video yeah um i've got a number of uh people i'm interviewing sam norris from bond finance on a regular basis delighted richard forbes confirmed that he will be coming back again former international rugby uh, world cup player uh, talking about performance in this uh, market and also I've got the likes of Frederick Sandville, uh, who's uh, one of the uh, investors in a crowdfunding platform, but he's also involved in a number of other lenders as well. Um, so delighted that we've got uh, uh, 
Frederick on board. If there's anyone you'd like me to bring on board, uh, send me a message, just email me, brendan at bequinevents.com. Can't promise they will join us. Um, as I say, um, the big event this coming week is Thursday evening. Um, delighted that Aaron's going to be part of the event as well. So massive thanks for the moment. Um, thanks, Daryl. And thanks to those thanks of you who were on the call this morning. Thank you. So I'm delighted that you have the opportunity to hear from Daryl Norker, one of the most experienced financiers I know. Uh, Daryl is from Lendwell. Formerly, he worked at Shawbrook. He was head of products and he uh, started his finance career at Barclays uh, with a graduate uh, program. So very, very fortunate to have Daryl from Lendwell um, on the line. Um, do check out the interview and uh, do note that Daryl regularly uh, presents or is on the panel at many of my events. Recently, uh, Lendwell exhibited both at the National Development Summit 2020 and also the Commercial Property Summit 2020.